and welcome to Prudent Media. I am Sachin Chatte and on this show we take a look at the latest releases. Well, this week there are two big releases. One is Christopher Nolan's Oppenheimer and the other is Greta Gerwig's Barbie. First, let's take a look at Oppenheimer. The one thing that all cinema lovers remember about watching a film is the experience itself of watching the film. The sound, the action, the imagery and the storytelling all add up and among contemporary filmmakers, no one does it better than Christopher Nolan. Every aspect of filmmaking comes together seamlessly in a way that creates a new experience altogether every time. Let's take the sound and music for instance. The sound in this film, especially the bass, will surely test the speakers of every theatre where the film is showing. Usually, too much music in the film is something that I am not particularly fond of. But it is also a function of the kind of music that is played and Oppenheimer reminds you that if you use it well, it can add so much value. Nolan also knows the power of silence and uses it in one of the most important scenes in the film. The build-up to it has stunning sound and music which stops at the right moment leading to silence along with visuals that are brilliantly crafted to maximize the impact on the screen. Oppenheimer is based on the Pulitzer Prize winning book American Prometheus by Kai Bird and Martin Sherwin, a 700 plus page book that has been made into a film that clocks just over 3 hours. And like many great but long films, it feels like a breeze. Killian Murphy plays J. Robert Oppenheimer who is known as the father of the atomic bomb and he ran the show as the director of the Los Alamos lab which designed and made the first nuclear bomb which was soon used in Hiroshima and Nagasaki during World War II. Usually, Nolan uses cross-cutting, also known as parallel editing, where the scene shifts between different locations, usually during the same timeline. In the climax of Dunkirk, for example, he cuts the action scenes on land, sea and air in turn. In Oppenheimer, he uses that style of editing right at the beginning, cutting to three different timelines. One, where a committee is interrogating him for his past and communist sympathies. The second story, which is shot in black and white, where Louis Strauss, played by Robert Downey Jr., is facing a committee for confirmation for a position in the Senate. And thirdly, the main story of a younger Oppenheimer and his rise, where he became one of the most important scientists in the world. For the first 45 odd minutes, he keeps cutting between these stories, setting up the premise and keeping a steady pace as well. After that, the film quickly shifts gears and Nolan doesn't slow down or spoon feed you. You are expected to keep pace with the proceedings. From his early days in Europe where he met the likes of Werner Heisenberg and Niels Bohr, played by Kenneth Branagh, to his brush with Communist Party members back home, his sympathy for employees and unions, it is all chronicled in the film. As World War II breaks, the race for arms and building a bomb hastens. The Americans realize that the Germans are also possibly working on an atomic bomb and it's just a matter of time as to who gets there first. General Leslie Groves, played by Matt Damon, puts Oppenheimer in charge of the project and the now famous town of Los Alamos was built in no time and OP assembled team of scientists from different parts of the country. While time is ticking, the scientists are also apprehensive about what they are getting into. And Oppenheimer also realizes the far-reaching consequences of the atomic bomb as we know it now. The famous quote paraphrased from the Bhagavad Gita, Now I am become death, the destroyer of worlds, is also referenced more than once. 
Emily Blunt plays his wife and while her character is largely in the background, she comes into her own during the climax of the film where Oppenheimer is battling it out against politicians and people in power. Florence Pugh has a relatively smaller but important role as his erstwhile lover. In a Nolan film, you can expect technical superiority in every department. Hoytwen Hoytema's camera work is from the top draw. Most of Murphy's shots are in mid or close-ups. One can only imagine what it possibly looks in IMAX format, but it looks impressive on your regular screen as well. Ludwig Göransson's music score, and this is their second collaboration after Tenet, is like a champion marathon runner who knows when to slow down and when to go for the kill. The award season is still far away, but you can be assured of a handful of nominations for Murphy, Damon Blunt and Robert Downey Jr. Anyone who thinks that cinema and the movie-going experience is dead should have seen the crowded lobby at the multiplex for the midnight screening of the film. Thanks to filmmakers like Christopher Nolan, the joy of cinema still exists. I'm going to go with 5 out of 5 stars for Christopher Nolan's Oppenheimer. It's a film that you can't miss. And now let's take a look at Barbie. Now you can be forgiven for not expecting much or not knowing what to expect from a film titled Barbie. And that is for two reasons. What kind of a film can be based on a doll? And more pertinently, what kind of a film can Hollywood make which is based on a doll? The latter is a much more discouraging thought than the former. But thankfully, there are some very talented writers and directors who have come up from the independent cinema space. And the main point of interest in Barbie was the director Greta Gerwig. She pulls out a rabbit from the hat and how? You may have thought of what Barbie possibly could be, but be assured it is not what you are thinking of. Barbie is mostly funny, occasionally thoughtful and at times incisive in making statements. Also, how can you go wrong with a film that begins with a homage to the Kubrick classic 2001 A Space Odyssey with Helen Mirren's voiceover saying, Since the beginning of time, since the first girl ever existed, there have been dolls. Then later on in a scene, a man says, I am a man with no power. Does that make me a woman? He is an executive at Mattel Toys as they discuss strategy. Barbie is punctuated with comments about patriarchy, feminism, equal rights, capitalism, sexism and even wokeness and most of it is very scathing. Margot Robbie plays Barbie or rather a stereotypical Barbie given that there is a variety of Barbies out there. She lives in Barbie land where all the women are called Barbie and all the men are called Ken with the exception of Alan who is more of a supporting character in the scheme of things and nobody really cares about him. Right from the opening scene in Barbie land, the superior production design where almost everything is pink catches your eye. It's been done by the six-time Oscar nominee Sarah Greenwood. Barbie is living happily with Barbies and it helps that she is the most popular one. There are many Kens as well out there, but the central Ken, played by Ryan Gosling, has a soft corner for Barbie and she doesn't exactly reciprocate his feelings. Barbie has a great day every day, says Mirren's voice, but Ken only has a great day if Barbie looks at him, she adds. All hell breaks loose when Barbie starts thinking of death and discovers celluloid. A trip to Weird Barbie, played by the delightful Kate McKinnon, doesn't help much and now she has to go to the human world to sort out her existential issues and Ken tags along on the trip. Once they land in California, Barbie discovers that not all girls like her and Ken discovers something worse, the power that men have in the world and he is enamoured by it. 
A mother-daughter duo gets involved in the Ken Barbie saga while the sea of Mattel, played by Will Ferrell, who has gender-neutral bathrooms in his plush office, is also trying to hunt down Barbie. The daughter particularly has a strong dislike for Barbie. You set the feminist movement back by 50 years, she yells, and also calls her a nut job only to correct herself and call her a reality-challenged woman. Gervik and co-writer Noah Baumbach pull all punches and deliver a few knockouts in that process. Among many, the scene where the women try to charm the men is an absolute hoot. The director clearly has a great understanding of today's world and also knows how to put it across without being too preachy. In one scene, the mother has a few serious things to say and hits the nail on the head with every statement. While Margot Robbie not only has the right looks to play the role, she emotes every scene to perfection as well. Whether it's playing the dumb blonde or someone who has got a reality check, she is spot on. Ryan Gosling seems to be having fun playing Ken and it shows. Gerwig has ensured that the next time you see or think of Barbie, it won't be the same. I'm going to go with 4 out of 5 stars for Greta Gerwig's Barbie. You'll be pleasantly surprised with this film. Well, that's what I thought of the films that were released this week. Do let us know what you think. Our address is features at prudentmedia.in. And I'll be back with you next week with more movie reviews. Till then, it's goodbye from me.